And we welcome you guys to another edition of Fan Response. I'm producer Wang, Stephen Wang. I'm joined by the Browns 5-3, and three, Ryan Schreiner, my co-host. And he will be hosting today's episode. And I'm joined by Isaiah Leung, who is a cow, man. What is going on there, Isaiah? You know, we got to support the movement. Cow lives matter. I mean, this picture is just so legendary. Look at that cow. It's so beautiful, man. But, yeah, glad to be on the show. And go Packers. Oh, man. Uh, typical California-type answer, protecting the cows, going into that vegan life. But, Ryan, let's get started on our topics today. And uh, how you feeling being the host today? Oh, I'm feeling good. This is a show I've been wanting to do for a couple weeks now, but this is officially the halfway point. I believe the halfway point was a couple games into last week. I think after the one o'clock games was the official halfway point in terms of the regular season. So just want to get into the NFL. It's my favorite sport. So get into a discuss it or discuss it at length. I'm just really excited. So yes, without ado or without further ado, I should say. Let's get into this, and uh, if I just absolutely butcher this job I was blessed with uh, at hosting this show, then probably won't happen again, but we'll see how this goes. So, the first topic I wanted to discuss was just a quick reaction to each of our teams. Like, I wanted to discuss how the Browns are doing, Steve will get a chance to discuss how the uh, Vikings are doing, and Isaiah We'll get to discuss how the 49ers are doing. Although, if we're going by all of Isaiah's teams, he probably has a few of them, but we're just going to stick to his main one, the 49ers. But his real NFL first. team. Yes. But first things first, the Browns. This is a topic near and dear to my heart, and let me just say this. This is the best Brown season in my lifetime, and it's not even close. There was the year they were 7-4 and four to start, but that was a team where they went all in. They got a bunch of older veterans on the defensive ends, so you knew that wasn't sustainable. Plus, they had Brian Hoyer with a Manziel lurking, so it was a great season. Don't get me wrong, second best season of my life, but it was a weird one. This one, this one feels different. The Browns have done it. The Browns have their head coach of the future. I truly believe this. Stevin De- or Kevin Stefanski has done some just absolutely amazing work. The penalties are way down from last year. The offensive scheme is fantastic. I love the run-first approach. He's making Baker Mayfield not look awful, although I'm not sold on Baker Mayfield yet, but he's making him not look awful in certain situations. So, yeah, that's honestly just the main thing. The Browns have their head coach of the future. I just hope ownership doesn't destroy all this and get impatient and blow it up. That's the only thing I'm worried about, but not the head coach ability of Kevin Stefanski. He has proven that he can be a great head coach in this league, and I'm excited for the future. And and in terms of the... Short-term future, I'm excited for this upcoming game because the Browns are getting back Nick Chubb. And the unsung hero of this Brown season so far, Wyatt Teller, the uh, right guard, he has been an absolute monster. I mean, you look at the run game without those two, it's dropped from like first all the way to like, I think 26 in yards, last in rushing touchdowns, yards per attempt are way down. So getting those two back at this crucial last stretch of the season, because the 
Dolphins are right there. There's so many good teams in the AFC that even with the additional playoff team, there's just so much talent that the Browns cannot take their foot off the gas. They need to win their next three games because they're all very winnable games. And later in the season, they have the uh, Steelers and the Ravens again. So, so yeah, these next few games are going to be absolutely crucial for the Browns. And I love that they're getting as healthy as they possibly can. You you still have Odell out for the year. You still the secondary is still fairly injured, but you know I, I'm just excited for the Browns. I'm excited for Browns football. That is something I would never thought I'd get to say in my lifetime. But I, I just the Browns excite me so much. But to close it out, I, I, it's going to be closed out on a negative note because they are the Browns. So. This is just the natural instinct of mine. On a negative note, that Browns defense is terrible. I want every single pick in this upcoming draft to be on the safety, cornerback, and linebacker position. I think we have the worst linebacking core in all of football because our pro our like centerpiece was supposed to be Mac Wilson, and we'll and you'll see later in the show he has not done well this year, like at all. So the linebacking core just is not good. The secondary, specifically the safeties, and really just anyone besides Denzel Ward. Although, let me rephrase that. Denzel Ward and Harrison are safety that we got in a trade with Jacksonville. Those two have done really well. But everyone else, everyone else should not be stars in the NFL. They have played awful. The Browns secondary is awful because the Browns defensive line is good. So the fact that this defense is this bad means that the secondary is just just awful. So they did nothing the trade deadline. So I want to see aggression in the offseason. Improve the secondary. We're going to get a few guys back like Grant and uh, Greedy Williams, which will definitely help. But that's not enough. You can't just rely on those young guys to develop. You need to get more to fortify depth and to just really just change the results because as of right now the brown secondary is not playing well enough to win games but thankfully our run game has been good enough to do that so in all i'm excited for brown's football and on that note i'm going to give it to the other or i'm going to give it to steven who normally has a team much better than the browns but this year the vikings are one of the surprising bad teams although they have looked to turn around recently, so Steven, the floor is yours. Well, the biggest thing about the Vikings this year has been a lot of moving pieces. Mass exodus. They lost Yannick and Gokwakwe in the middle of the season. They lost Stefan Diggs before the season started. They lost Everson Griffin. There's a lot of guys they lost to free agency in order to fit in Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook's contract. And at a 1-5 in five start, things definitely looked bleak for the Vikings. But man, have they turned it around. They have rediscovered their offense under Delvin Cook. They know that they can win these games. They got one specific way to really win the games. And that is rely heavily on Delvin Cook. And then let Kirk Cousins run the game plan to perfection. Play action, zone running scheme. They got their guy in Gary Kubiak in terms of an offensive coordinator. And I'm looking at this Viking schedule ahead, Ryan. It's very, very, very friendly. They face off against the Bears twice this season coming up. And, yes, they have a good run defense. They have a good defense that can stop 
potentially the zone running scheme. But offensively, the Bears are just abysmal. And we saw the Vikings actually, their defense, which was one thing that really contributed to their one and five start and losing those close one point games, it it has shown improvement. They picked off Stafford twice um, last week. They picked off the backup one time as well. So their defense is starting to get it together more, and their offense is clicking on all cylinders. I think this is a Vikings team that is going to make some noise down the line, Ryan. They've got the Bears coming up. I think that's a win. I think they beat the Cowboys at home. I think they beat the Panthers. I I envision them beating the Jaguars, and here's my big prediction. I think the Vikings are going to beat the Buccaneers this season. The Buccaneers, they got a high-flying offense, no doubt. Brady... Uh, still got it. He's still better than Kirk Cousins, despite what I said earlier this season. Tree, you know, you can bash me for that. He's a Patriots fan. He's a Brady fan. But listen, like out of this schedule, there's no team that can really shut down the Vikings simplified offensive attack under Delvin Cook. And I think this team is going to finish nine and seven and potentially 10 and six with this easy cupcake schedule down the line, they will pull off a run similar to what they did last year. And I'll say this much, guys. Kirk Cousins, he's enough for this team to win a Super Bowl as the quarterback. Like, what I compare this situation to is Kirk Cousins is kind of like a souped-up Jimmy G. But why hasn't the Jimmy G situation worked for the Niners? Because he gets injured all the time. The injuries are what's bothering the Niners. Jimmy G just can't stay healthy, and that's part of the turmoil with the Niners as Jimmy G as their starter. The Vikings don't have the same problem with Kirk Cousins. He doesn't have those injury concerns. He stayed consistently healthy for them, and I've consistently said this. He's a slightly better version of Jimmy G. With that type of quarterback talent, if they stick to their schemes and they stick to their game plan, they can go to a Super Bowl, and they can win it. It's not going to be this year because they've been dealing with a lot of exodus, but they're set up to make the playoffs this year. They're set up to make a late-season run and to shut up all the doubters, frankly. I'll say I completely agree with you, Stephen, that the Vikings' best football is ahead. I mean, I thought they played just like their absolute like worst-case scenario at the beginning of the season. Now they're starting to play like the 9-7 and team I thought they'd be going into the season i don't think they're going to make the playoffs but they are definitely going to be a much better team and not an easy out like they looked in the first few games but uh let's go with isaiah and isaiah constantly loves to bring up his 49ers so everyone watching can probably already guess how isaiah feels about his 49ers but it's time for isaiah to uh let us know exactly how he feels so isaiah the floor is yours Callan, I'm calling on you right now. Come on the show because I don't want to come on and have to humiliate myself about my pathetic San Francisco 49ers. But where do I start? The 49ers are a walking ambulance or we are a walking hospital. That's much better. We are a walking hospital. Every game, we have at least six difference makers go down. And then you hear in the Kyle Shanahan's post-game press conference that they are either out for the year or they're out for four to the next five weeks. And it's just so devastating. Every game is like that as a 49ers fan. And it's just absolutely sickening what I've had to watch this season. I mean, we're just so snake bitten by injury. Um, our quarterback, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, he got hurt. And now, uh, even though I personally think that, you know, Nick Mullins coming in for Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that's an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but, you know, you never want your starting quarterback hurt. Um, you know, our running backs, we're now down to our fourth string running back and our fifth string running back because our first, uh, our starting running back, backup running back, and then our third string running back have all been hurt at uh, some point of the season. Wide receiver, same thing. You know, Debo Samuel's been in and out. Brandon Ayuk's been uh, in and out. Kendrick Bourne had COVID last week, and then it they found out it was an, uh, a false positive. And then now he got put back on the COVID list again. So he's most likely going to miss this Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints. George Kittle has a broken foot. He's probably out for the year. The offensive line, everybody's been shuffling in and out. Um, every week we have a new uh, new lineup in the offensive line. Defensive line, you know, Nick Bosa out for the year, torn ACL in week two. Solomon Thomas, torn ACL week two. D Ford has missed the first nine or ten or the first, what, nine games of the season with a neck injury that he suffered in the pre uh, in training camp. Uh, our secondary has been God awful. Richard Sherman has missed a ton of time. He's been in and out of the lineup. Emmanuel Mosley has been in and out of the lineup, the linebacking corpse, uh, Quan Alexander, you know, when he wasn't, uh, when he was on the field, he always missed tackles. I mean, I think he had the most missed tackles in the NFL and that's not what you want to see from your linebackers. Um, he got traded to new Orleans, uh, Fred Warner has been an all pro. He's been one of the best linebackers in football, but he's like the only shining star on this 49er defense. It's just been um, an injury late in year. Uh, I think I, well, I said it, I think after week five, I thought our season was over given the gauntlet of games that we had, but after uh, what happened against Seattle, I think that we have officially waved the white flag on our season, but I think we honestly, we found our quarterback of the future and his name is Nick Mullins wearing number four for the 49ers. I think that he looks much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's so poised. He's got great footwork. He's got a good arm. He, he makes great sound decisions against the blitz. He gets rid of the ball really quick. So I think that even though the season has been a major disappointment, given the fact that we've been snake bitten by injury, we have found some, you know, shining stars that can be part of our future going forward. Yeah, I completely agree. The 49ers season has really been defined by injuries, and that's just unfortunate. But speaking of unfortunate things, Steven, do we have the division winners and playoff predictions for the three of us that we made before the season? Because it's time to see how wrong we truly are. All right. I got them right here, guys. And looks like we got this professional setup over here. We got the faces on the left for the live reactions. Isaiah, he's a little too embarrassed to show his face. And we've also got um, some of the picks that we have. So if you go over here, guys, um, Callan picked the Seattle Seahawks to win the West the Saints to win the South, and the Vikings to win the North. I want to point out this fact. As much as Isaiah harps on my Minnesota Vikings, he was one of the many guys in our MI6 sports network that picked the Vikings to win the division along with me. And you know what? I still think they're in the race, Ryan. I just I, I think it's a difficult um, – Green Bay is a difficult out because off of every loss, it seems like they find a way to bounce back even stronger – so I don't picture Green Bay having six or seven losses. So despite a you know really really good finish by the 
Vikings, I don't think the uh, Green Bay Packers will be relinquishing the lead in that NFC North division. You actually picked the Detroit Lions, and you know you listed Matthew Stafford as a top five quarterback, Brian. But you know as of late he struggled, and he threw two interceptions against uh, my Minnesota Vikings against a pretty young secondary. Kind of explain your rationale there in picking the Lions to win the NFC North. I was about to say, I'm just going to go through all my NFC predictions and just just shame myself because I have I have picked some absolute stinkers here. So let's just let's just go with the West. Um, I think the 49ers, if healthy, maybe could have competed, but uh, you know injuries obviously prevented that from happening. So Isaiah, you and me are wrong on that. It's clearly Seattle's. Man, division. you actually picked one of Isaiah's teams. I know, but I counteract that by a. Uh, correctly predicted New Orleans to win the division. They just swept the Bucks in dominant fashion, so I feel safe on that pick. Detroit, I got New Orleans too. this is where the maximum shame happens. Matthew Stafford played like a top-five quarterback last year. This year, not so much. He has taken a bit of a dip in quality in terms of his play, and with that and just the uh, disappointment that is their coaching staff... They are very far from that division, so I was wrong on that one. I I will own up to that one and admit I was wrong. Dallas, I felt confident in that pick if they were healthy. I think if everyone was healthy, Dallas would win, but obviously Dallas is another team that's just been destroyed by injury, more specifically to their quarterback, Dak Prescott. We hope he can recover because that was just a gruesome injury. And I think the absolute worst prediction I could have possibly made was picking two teams from the NFC least to make the playoffs. That was just disgusting. The Falcons making the playoffs. Why do I keep falling for the Falcons every year? They do the same thing. They... I'll say they're terrible the first eight games pull off some kind of miraculous run in the last eight and that leads you to believe they'll do good next year but no it's just a cycle that keeps repeating itself and i fell for it so i i don't like that pick arizona i i, I feel good about them making the playoffs so so yeah i mean just overall just not great any thoughts on your afc picks and your super bowl pick Oh yes, uh, my AFC predictions. Uh, let's see which which line am I again? I believe you're line seven. Okay, uh, Kansas Kansas City. Yeah, line seven. All right, Kansas City. I mean, easy easy prediction. Anyone who didn't pick Kansas City is just was just wishful thinking. Um, Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah. Um, Indiana. Indiana. That's still a possibility. But it looks like Tennessee is the best team in that division, I believe. So that could still happen, but Tennessee's the best team in the division. Baltimore, that one's even going to be wrong. I thought that was like the safest pick, but uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have played absolutely just, ap just amazing this year. And I should have saw this coming. I'll say I should have saw this coming because their defense is so good. All they needed was a quarterback just not to just be a naked just not to be a complete liability so 
Their offense isn't great, but it's not an absolute liability. So they're playing just absolutely fantastic. So that prediction's going to be wrong. <laughs> New England. <laughs> uh, I don't need to say any more on that one. Um, but in terms of my wild card predictions, yeah, wild card, uh, Pittsburgh, they're going to make it easy. Um, the uh, Chargers, eh, kind of wishful thinking on that one. And then the Tennessee Titans. I at least made pick them to make the playoffs, so that one's going to hold true, I believe. So, overall, some good and a lot bad. So, how about your Super Bowl prediction, Ryan? You still feeling confident about the Nola Saints? No, not really. But they got Michael Thomas back. They're getting Sanders. They're getting their full offense going. Maybe if their defense improves and they get the uh, penalties under control, maybe they can make a run. But at this point, I'd have to change my Super Bowl to a uh, uh, let's see, probably it, it probably have to be Steelers versus the. Uh, let's see who would come out of the NFC. I think the NFC is always a crapshoot. That is true. You just never know. I can know. honestly see a Steelers and Seahawks Super Bowl. New Orleans definitely still has a chance. Like they're not out of the running, but. Seahawks versus Steelers is a matchup I could very easily see happening. And if that were to happen, it'd be the Steelers winning because yeah, that, that defense is just too good. Russell Russell Wilson would have to have just a masterful game to uh, put up the normal 35 points he needs for his team to have a slight chance to win the game. So, so yeah, New Orleans isn't the worst pick in the world, but... There's definitely more suitable teams to take at the midway point of this year. All right. I'll go over my picks real quick, and then we'll go over Isaiah's most embarrassing predictions. But um, Seattle Seahawks winning the West, uh, you know, nothing more can be said other than that. Russell Wilson is, you know, either the best or second best quarterback in the NFL. This one doesn't really need to be explained. I think Seattle is on pace to run away with that division as usual. And, you know, last year was proven to be kind of an anomaly year for the Niners. But I will stand by my prediction, Ryan, that not only will the Niners miss the playoffs this year, they will win the Super Bowl next year. I think that this is an off year, a one-off year for the Niners. This is a big chance for the Seattle Seahawks to seize momentum and win the Super Bowl. Spoiler alert, they are my pick to win the Super Bowl. I know there's up. They're up and down, up and down. But when has Seattle not been up and down? This is a team that lives and thrives by close wins. Ryan, you actually predicted them to really struggle in close games, You know, citing that a lot of teams that make the playoffs or win the division based off of close wins the next season, they don't do so well. This is a Seattle team that is just so accustomed to those clutch situations and do what needs to be done in tight, tight situations. Saints to win the division. Too soon for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers with just one season and shortened offseason training to win the division, so I picked the Saints. The Vikings still could happen, but I think it's going to go to the Packers. We had three people in our group pick the Packers and Martin Shree and Trevor. Uh, the majority of our group, six out of ten, predicted that the Vikings, five out of nine actually, five out of nine predicted that the Vikings would win the division, and you being the one out of the nine picking the Lions, man. I can't in the world understand why. Like, I know... You really love Matt Stafford, but it's time to face up to it, Brian. He's not even better than Kirk Cousins, let alone top five in the league. Uh, he he really struggled this past weekend. 
the Cowboys to win the East. I think all of us pre- expected Zeke and Prescott to be healthy, and that has not happened. We really pray for Prescott's full recovery, but it didn't happen. Tampa Bay wild card, Green Bay wild card, San Francisco wild card, all still pretty possible, although I think Green Bay wins their division. Moving to the AFC, probably my most embarrassing prediction, Houston to win the division. They are struggling mightily, mightily, man. That is, uh, to say the least, man. They they lost against Minnesota. They're, they're just reeling right now. The Chiefs, uh, I think anyone who didn't pick the Chiefs were obviously trolling, including Martin and Isaiah here on line four. Y'all were just trolling. Come on, man. Ravens to win the North, I think. Heading in, almost everybody really thought the Ravens, this was their division to lose and didn't see any, you know, reason for a MVP Jackson slump to allow an old man Ben Roethlisberger to take control of the division. But they have, and behind that amazing defense. I thought New England would, you know, hold on to the East. I, I believed in Cam Dune, but he's overthrowing balls. I think he's kind of that awkward phase, guys, where it's like he was the beginning um, or the middle point, rather, for the running quarterback being successful in the NFL. But as we've learned, if you want to be a successful running quarterback in the NFL, you still need to have a rocket of an arm that is precise. You still need a Russell Wilson or a Kyler Murray. You still need to throw the ball accurately. You can't replace a good arm with amazing legs or with amazing explosiveness and athleticism. Buffalo wild card. Um, I think they're going to win the division, but it could still happen. Cleveland wild card looking very realistic. And Ryan, at least we picked the Titans to make the wild card round. But next, I want to move over to Isaiah's preposterous predictions, man. I mean, column four, Isaiah, you got a lot of explaining to do, man. Well... Let's start with the NFC West. San Francisco, I believe the San Francisco 49ers were healthy. They were the best team not only in the entire in the NFC West, they were the best team in the NFC uh, going forward. They were the best team in the NFC last season. They returned everybody from that group. If they were healthy, they are the best team in the NFC, no doubt in my oh, mind. Stop. Uh, let's go to the NFC. Which one is my line, by the way? You are line four right here. I'm hovering over it. All right, so... Uh, my NFC South pick, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Listen, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can still win the division. They've got the most talent in that division. I know they stunk up the bed against the New Orleans Saints, but, hey, that was just one bad game. Everybody got to relax out there and say, hey, Tom Brady's, you know, falling down that cliff. Uh, Max Kellerman, um, you know, the Buccaneers, they're the most overrated team in the NFL. Just stop. Everybody take a gla- take a cup of beer, drink a cup of beer, and relax because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in my opinion, are still the best team right now in the NFC. It was just one bad game. Every team He's has still better one than bad Kirk Cousins, game. Tom Brady. I'll, I'll say yep, that. And, I'll admit that. Uh, so Buccaneers, they can still win the division. Minnesota, man, this is the team that has really disappointed me the most. Um, you know, Minnesota was a team that, according to all the magazines and newspapers and, you know, Bleach Report articles that I read. The Vikings were the team that everybody was picking to win the division. And, you know, like it wasn't that bad of a pick given the fact that, you know, I thought the Packers were a pretender. Uh, I thought that Green Bay, their defense sucks. They can't stop the run. They don't really pressure the quarterback that well. 
And I just thought Minnesota, you know, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, that offensive line, the defense, they are the most complete team in the entire NFC North. So I was like, yeah, I got to go with the more complete team in the North. But unfortunately, the Vikings, as usual, stink up the joint in the beginning of the season and basically eliminate themselves after week six of the season. Most disappointing team in the NFL. I think Kirk Cousins right now, along with Jimmy Garoppolo, has been one of the most disappointing stories in the entire uh, NFL. And I would still take Nick Mullins over uh, Kirk Cousins. He'll bounce back. Just um, stop it, right? NFC East, Dallas, like you guys said, you know, Dallas, they had Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and, you know, their team was just stacked. But, unfortunately, they went down with injuries. Prayers to Dak Prescott for a full recovery and a speedy recovery. Um, if Dallas had their pieces, they would win that division. Uh, obviously, my wild cards, um, they're not going to be wild cards because they're obviously going to win the division. Uh, maybe not New Orleans, but New Orleans, I think they still could get a wild card. Green Bay is definitely ticketed for the NFC North title. And who was my last wild card, Stephen? Was it, was, it was it Arizona? Seattle, right here. Seattle, yeah. I mean – Seattle's obviously ticketed for the NFC West title, given the fact that the Niners have been snake-bitten by injuries. The Cardinals, I feel like they're still a year away. The Rams, they're figuring things out still. Uh, they can get give any team a run for their money, but I just don't see it. I think the Rams and Cardinals are ticketed for the wild card. And, you know, Seattle, they're, they've got the best offense right now in the – NF, in the entire NFC, Russell Wilson is just a magician, but they got to fix their defense if they really want to uh, make the Super Bowl and win it because you're not going to win a Super Bowl or even make the Super Bowl with that defense giving up 30-plus points a game. Uh, let's skip my AFC West prediction. Let's move on to the AFC South. No, no. Isaiah, you got to explain this one. Why the Denver Broncos over the Chiefs? Listen, I got to give Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs a lot of credit. Going into this season, I thought that, you know, Drew Locke in the, the final five games of the season, he had shown me that, A, he's a competent quarterback. He's a really good young quarterback. And that, you know, he had brought a different type of energy and type of juice that we had not seen in a long, long time from the Denver Broncos offense since the days of Peyton Manning. That's how long it's been since the Denver Broncos had actually seen that type of result that Drew Locke gave them in the final five games. You know, they added Jerry Judy, they added Melvin Gordon, who, you know, when his head is right and when he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. I don't think you can really argue that because the results speak for themselves, but they have Melvin Gordon, they added Jerry Judy, they added KJ Hamler, who was a stud with Penn State. Ryan and Steven uh, no, can like concur with me on this because they watched him at Penn State when Ohio State played Penn State. Um, they added Graham Glasgow, who was a top guard, I believe, or tackle, or let me just say, he was the best offensive lineman uh, on the market. They added him to help protect Drew Locke. They gave Drew Locke a lot of good weapons, but the Broncos got crushed by injuries early on. You know, Von Miller got hurt. He had a, I think he broke his ankle. Um, he was out for the year. He was out for the year before the season even started. Bryce Callahan, one of their best corners, has been in and out. AJ Boye 
another top corner. He's been in and out of the lineup. Kareem Jackson, their top safety. He's been in and out of the lineup. I mean, the Broncos, the defense I thought was going to be great this season, considering the fact that Vic Fangio is one of the best defensive minds in the entire NFL. But they've just been snake-binned by – yeah, they've been snake-binned by injury, and their offense, you know, it's been very disappointing. I thought with a competent offensive coordinator and Pat Shermer coming in to replace that incompetent foo in Rich Scangarello, uh, I thought that would be a – like that would help the Denver Broncos offense a lot and that they haven't – like the addition of Pat Shermer has not helped the Denver Broncos at all as they are you know replicating the same result as they did last season under Scangarello as they are now doing under Shermer. Uh, but I picked them over the Chiefs simply because I thought Denver was going to be way better. I believed in the Drew Locke hype from day one like Ryan and Steven know. And I just thought, you know, Kansas City, even though they have the best offense in the NFL, they've got the worst defense in the NFL. And I'm an old school guy. You got to win with defense. I don't care – like, if you have the best offense in the NFL, you're not going to win if your defense gives up 35-plus points a game. That's why I don't think Seattle is going to win the Super Bowl this year because, yeah, they might have the best offense with the magician quarterback, Russell Wilson, running running that offense. And they might be averaging 35-plus points a game. But how can you – uh, you know, compete when your defense is giving up 40-plus points a game? So I still – you know, I got to give the Chiefs credit. You know, their defense has really hunkered down and they – you know, really improved, but right. the Broncos they they got the state. South and North. Yeah, uh, who was my pick for the South? Oh, Colts. They're still one game back, and you know, pending what happens to uh, in tonight's game, they could easily have the division lead by the end of tonight. Uh, this game tonight will definitely decide who wins the AFC South. Uh, who do I have for the North? Cleveland. Hey, Ryan, your Browns man, really rewarding my. Faith in them. They're only two games back in the division with Nick Chubb coming back. I think the I think the Browns can still somehow, some way pull it off. They just still gotta fix that defense no. though. But I got faith in them. Uh who else do I have? The East Buffalo, no brainer. I thought Buffalo was the best team in the AFC East to begin with. And then wild cards are Kansas City, Baltimore, Houston. Kansas City's obviously gonna win the AFC West. Um, Baltimore, I think they're gonna win the they're, I think they're going to win the wild card, which is surprising given the fact that everybody had them ticketed for the AFC North. And who is – oh, Houston. Yeah, uh, Houston. Bill O'Brien, thank you so much. That's all I'm going to say. All right, guys, a uh, quick game break on the Colts-Titans game. Currently the Titans lead the Colts 7-0 to midway through the first quarter. Um, the line was actually minus two for the Titans to open up, and it shifted to minus one right before kickoff earlier today. But right now the Titans looking good. They lead the Colts 7-0 to midway through the first quarter, and I believe they have the ball at their own 28-yard line right now at third and 11. So we will be paying attention to that marquee divisional matchup as the day goes along. Isaiah, what about your wild card and your AFC North predictions? Uh. Well, I think Cleveland can still win the AFC North. They're just a couple of games back. And, you know, Kansas City, Baltimore, Houston, like I said. Houston, thank you, Bill O'Brien, for, you know, running the Texans to the ground. Chiefs, they're going to win the AFC West. And Baltimore, they're going to win the AFC North. And my Super Bowl prediction was San Francisco. San Francisco. Isaiah, I just have one question to ask you, man. Do you fear Patrick Mahomes now? They have sunk your... Niners and your Broncos. Well, let me just say, 
I plead the fifth. All right. All, All right. right. That's good enough, man. I I will take that as a submission of defeat. Um, I had Seattle over Baltimore, Ryan, in the Super Bowl originally to start the season. I'm probably going to change that now to Seattle over Kansas City, um, just as far as what I think is more likely. But I realize I can't really change my official prediction, though. I think it's my official prediction was Seattle over Baltimore in the Super Bowl. But let's move on to midseason awards, guys. All right, but before we do, I just have to point out three quick things. Number one, um, you said the uh, Chiefs were like the worst defense when in actuality last year they were average to good. So last year they showed that they were a good defense or at least an average defense. That's why they won the Super Bowl as opposed to two years ago when they didn't. So that's point number one. Point number two, so much faith in Drew Locke for him to be the 33rd ranked quarterback according to Pro Football Focus. The only quarterbacks he grades higher than are Sam Darnold, Joe Flacco, and Dwayne Haskins. That's it. And then finally, for everyone keeping track at home, Isaiah is in really dangerous territory. He could be one and one and seven on his division winner predictions. One and seven. Come so on, Jimmy. We got to get this first down. Hasty's open. Hasty. Oh, my God. You take a damn sack. It was wide open. Are you far? Yes. So that's something to keep an eye out for going forward. But yes, let's move on to the next topic. We got to keep things moving along. So biggest disappointment and biggest surprise of this year. And this can be a player or a team. And... Let's keep this nice and short. I'm going to go first. And I'm going to keep an Ohio State theme for this because, you know, I am a Buckeye. So, the biggest surprise this year... Oh, H. I-O. Biggest surprise this year has been Jordan Fuller. He was drafting the sixth round, which I thought was criminal. But he's playing better than even I could have possibly hoped for. When he's healthy, he's he's a legit starter in this league. And in terms of second rookies in the secondary... He's probably playing the best out of any rookie in the secondary this year. He has played amazing. He was the heart and soul of some of the Ohio State defenses. And I personally didn't think he was fast enough to do that same thing at the NFL level. But I was wrong. The man is a great football player and such a steal for the Rams. So I cannot be more happy for him. But then we have to go to the biggest disappointment and... My goodness, is this a big disappointment? Jeff Okuda. And this one surprised me because when I watched Ohio State last year, he played like he played better than any quarter cornerback I've seen play at Ohio State in my entire life. He was a legit shutdown cornerback. He played better than Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore, Bradley Roby. He played better than all those guys. And in fact, at times played much, much, much better than those guys. So to uh, see just how not great he's been at the NFL level, let me pull up uh, pro football focus stats just to uh, add some substance to my point of how disappointing he's played so far this year. If you look at pro football focus ranks, let's see, it's lo- my screen's loading real quick. All right. If you go all the cornerbacks that played enough snaps – to get a qualifying grade, he is 109 
out of 116 in that in terms of the overall grades. But that is largely supported by his above average run defense. But if you look at his coverage ability, you know, the main thing cornerbacks are supposed to do, he ranks, let's see, he ranks third to last in the entire league in terms of his ability to cover a receiver and just in coverage in general. I mean, before the season, I would have picked him to be rookie of the year or defensive rookie of the year. That's how good I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be a transcendent talent, and he still very well could be. Like, he could easily improve. I'm not writing him off right now, but I'm just saying, in terms of his play so far this year, he's played like one of the worst cornerbacks in the entirety of football, which is a complete shocker because he was the best cornerback I've, cornerback I've ever seen play at Ohio State, so... Really, I'm just I'm just bummed out, and I really hope that he can turn it around going forward because I saw the potential; it's there. He just has to realize it. Steven, biggest or biggest surprise and biggest disappointment this year, team or player? Well, first of all, I want to point out a couple of comments. Christy Wilson saying no Von Miller equals bad Broncos defense. Can't say that enough. And backing up your point that Kansas City's defense is not bad. That is true. They're not bad. They're above average. Callen saying the biggest disappointment, the Chicago Bears offense and Christy Wilson adding in the Dallas Cowboys. Two not so bad picks, but with the Bears offense, we kind of knew that they were going to be a uh, an atrocity this year. I know they got Nick Foles and everything, but the Bears have never been known um, for their great offense. And Mitchell Trubisky, like, what did we expect him to do, man? We knew he was going to flame out. And then to rely on Nick Foles midway through to be your starting quarterback, it's just set up for disaster. He's very good in his particular system, Ryan. But the Chicago Bears are not exactly the Chip Kelly Eagles, nor are they the Doug McDermott Eagles either. And Christy Wilson, the Cowboys, Prescott is hurt, so they have that too. Doug Peterson, that's right. Um, they have that to lean back on a little bit. For my biggest surprise, I'd have to say it's Justin Herbert. I mean, this guy has put up very solid numbers. I think we all knew that Joe Burrow would bring that transcendent leadership to the NFL, that he would bring his talents and be immediately pretty impactful, at least in the statistical categories, as a passer. What I did not expect is Justin Herbert to not be a complete bust, to be pretty solid as a starting quarterback in this league, I was very, you know, um, pleasantly surprised, Ryan, by the kind of performance he put. And Shree may be right. This guy could be the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Tune in um, just a bit later in our next segment for our early and midseason picks, really, for the NFL awards. But I'm going to turn it over to Isaiah now for biggest disappointment and biggest surprise. And do not say Drew Locke for either of them, Isaiah. Who was your biggest disappointment? I The biggest disappointment for me was the Houston Texans. That's right. I didn't mention that yet. The Houston Texans, definitely. Okay. So for my biggest surprise, I got to go with Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. You know, I drafted this guy in fantasy because, you know, I was, you know, like just messing up messing around and you know i took stupid pick after stupid pick after stupid pick and i was left around 
No, I, yeah, I took Drew Locke in the second round, but I was ultimately left with him as my starting quarterback because all the other good quarterbacks were already gone. And, you know, I took him and everybody mocked me saying, like, oh, Isaiah, you got left with a guy that, you know, he sucks. He's overrated. He's, he's a fuss. And guess what, man? Josh Allen has balled out this season. I got to admit, I got a little bit lucky with, you know, with Josh Allen. Somehow, some way that pick worked. But Josh Allen has absolutely balled out. This guy has been a – he's, you know, he's been a great passer this season. He's turned in – he's, you know, he's always been a great running quarterback. But he's finally added um, good passing to his arsenal. And he's going to continue to get better. I mean, this guy, I think – will be the next Tom Brady of the AFC East for years and years to come as he's going to own that division. Uh, I can't wait to see what uh, is in store for him when it comes to his future. And, and I hope uh, he continues to ball out so he can help me win the fantasy football championship in our um, MI6 Sports Network League. But my biggest disappointment... <laughs> The next Tom Brady. My sorry, biggest yeah. disappointment. My biggest disappointment has got to be Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, um, I was a huge fan of Jimmy. Well, I was Come on, glad. Jimmy. We got to get this first down. Hasty's open. Hasty. Oh, my God. You take a damn sack. He was wide open. Are you far? And Even though not I love only Jimmy Garoppolo, Isaiah, also this guy. Gee, we got to get this. No, intercepted! Why would you throw it, man? Take the sack! There's oh. a Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I was a, like a big Nick Mullins fan, but I still supported Jimmy Garoppolo because he was my 49ers quarterback and he led us to the Super Bowl. So I had a, like I had to back him. And, you know, guys like Ryan and Shree were saying how overrated he was and how he like he got like the running game carried him and the defense carried him. And I brought up stats saying, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 3,900 yards last season. I think he threw for 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Those are not bad for a guy coming off major ACL injury. And, you know, let's not forget, you know, an ACL takes at least a year or two years for the quarterback to get back to being his normal self. So I thought Jimmy played well last season, but, you know, this season Jimmy just hasn't played well when he's been on the field. He's been marred by injury, and, you know, he just can't stay healthy. And now the 49ers are probably going to look to go their separate ways and probably get a Zach Wilson from BYU or um, a Brock Purdy from Iowa State or even maybe Justin Fields, which will make me throw up because I can't stand – He froze up because of his hate on the Ohio State University, Ryan. But you guys got me back. Yes. So yeah, I we're probably gonna get Justin Fields. Who knows? That's gonna end up making me throw up every Sunday that I watch Justin Fields play for my Niners because I can't stand Ohio State. But it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo will not be back with the Niners moving forward. So that's my biggest disappointment. All right, moving on to NFL midseason rewards, Ryan. All right, so everyone, we are going to predict at this point in time, not who, actually, let me rephrase that. We're going to pick our midseason awards, not who we predict is going to win it at the end of the year. If the awards were given out right now, 
who would win each of the five major awards. That's the MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Defensive Rookie of the Year. So, I will go first. The MVP. This one is obvious, and anyone who says the any other player besides the player I'm about to name is just incorrect. The MVP this year is 100% Russell Wilson. The fact that the Seahawks have, what, a 6-2 and two record, and they have that defense? Actually, no, no, no. Seattle doesn't have a defense. Take away the D. They have just a fence. Actually, no, not even a fence, because at, at least a fence would slightly slow someone down. This I, I, defense, I have to put in quotation marks, is just awful. I think they're on pace to give up like 6,700 passing yards, and I think the record was somewhere in the mid to low 5,000 yards. So just just awful, just atrocious. And that team's one of the best in the NFL because Russell Wilson is just having an insane year. He's the only player I would say is a better player and better quarterback than Russell or than uh, Patrick Mahomes. I still think Patrick Mahomes is slightly better, but if someone came up to me and said Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the league, I wouldn't have anything against that just because of how good he's playing this year. So that's the MVP. Next uh, awards, the uh, Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, Russell Wilson, obviously, but uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go slightly different just because I already gave him MVP. So let's go someone else here. Devontae Adams. When he has played, he has played at an absolute beast mode level. He just... What what does he average like 150 yards and like a touchdown or two every single time he's healthy enough to play? I mean the man is absolutely insane. One of the best players in the league, and he shows it when he's healthy enough to play. Just he's unstoppable. And for anyone that has been fancy, you know, good job. But uh, let's move on to the next award: Defensive Player of the Year. Now, for me, this was a very tight, very close race between TJ Watt and uh, Aaron Darnold. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to give it to TJ Watt simply because his defense is much better than the Rams. And these awards go off like, well, they don't go off, but if the if your unit as a whole is better, it helps your case. So I'm going to go TJ Watt, although it's very close. Both the play just... Absolutely outstanding, and I'd still say Aaron Donald is the best individual defensive player in the entirety of the NFL. Just an absolutely transcendent talent. I mean, borderline unblockable, but uh, let's move on. Um, the next award is the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, I know you guys want me or expect me to say Joe Burrow, or a few of you may pick Justin Herbert. Joe, those are two Tigers. great picks. Those are two great picks, but they play the quarterback position, and while they played well, there is another player who doesn't play the quarterback position, so he's not getting all the attention. And Steven, you're going to like this pick. Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings is the Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I know... Wide receivers can't make as much of an impact on the game as quarterbacks. And that's the point I was trying to make earlier very poorly. But if you just look at how good they're playing, 
at their individual position, you, you go solely based on that, it's Justin Jeffords. Did you guys know that if one Devontae Adams was not available this year, Justin Jeffords, according to Pro Football Focus, would be the highest rated or highest graded wide receiver in the entirety of the NFL. Not among rookies, among the entirety of the NFL. He's graded higher than just app than uh players like uh Chris Godwin, uh Hopkins, uh Julio Jones. So to me this is an easy pick. Although if you ask me who I think will actually win the award at the end of the season, it'd be Joe Burrow simply because he plays the quarterback and that gets more attention. There's more uh, importance in that position, so I understand it. And then finally, defensive rookie of the year. Um, is this going to be a shock to anyone? It's Chase Young. I I don't need to say anymore, but I will. He's the highest graded rookie according to Pro Football Focus, and we knew he was going to be a transcendent talent going into the league. The absolute safest Absolutely. pick you can possibly imagine. So, yeah, it's it's Chase Young. I mean, no more needs to be said. But uh, let's go to Steven with his picks. All right, Ryan. You know, I'm not going to be as friendly and put Justin Jefferson into my Offensive Rookie of the Year. But in one of the other midseason awards, I do have a Vikings player in there. And I think you can guess where I'm going with this one. Offensive Player of the Year, guys. Absolutely, it's got to be Delvin Cook. I know the Vikings are 3-5, and five, but this guy has put up back-to-back performances of over 200 all-purpose yards. He is carrying the Vikings on their back. Right now, he is looking very, very transcendent. He's not just a Le'Veon Bell where he's all around and he lacks some explosiveness and he's like a high IQ back. He is a high IQ all-around back who can pass, catch, block, and run like crazy with crazy athleticism and acceleration and great, great running vision. But he's also got all of that explosion to him as well. He's not just like Le'Veon Bell's IQ. It's like you mix Le'Veon Bell's IQ with the explosions of a CJ2K or a Maurice Jones-Drew. It's just incredible what Dalvin Cook is doing, the types of numbers he's putting up week after week after week. MVP, Russell Wilson. I don't think much needs to be said here, Ryan. A lot of people expected them to take a step back in close games. That has not happened. The Seattle Seahawks have continued to win lots of close games under the leadership of Russell Wilson. He's minimizes interceptions. He's continued to just improvise and throw so many touchdowns, leading the league in passing touchdowns. So I, I got to go with Russell Wilson here. Uh, off, uh, defensive player of the year, I'm going to give it to Miles Garrett of the Browns. Ryan, I think he's been having a good year, a very resurgent year since what happened last year. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year, it's got to be Chase Young. And Offensive Rookie of the Year, I will actually go ahead and give it to Joe Burrow. I know Justin Herbert is probably having the better season statistically, but I think Burrow coming in, he's got more of the hype going for him. His teams are winning more, so that has to be put into factor. And he's he's led the Bengals to some very, very strong um, nail-biting drives as a rookie. He has just been everything. I mean, besides Chase Young, um, he is the player out of this recent draft that has just been everything that people had hoped for. He really has. 
But I want to turn it over to Isaiah now. As we do also have a game break, guys. The Titans lead the Colts 7-3 at the end of the first quarter. Isaiah, what do you got for your midseason predictions? Or your midseason awards, rather. All right. So, as I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys are expecting, I'm going to shock you guys with, with a bunch of these. So let's start with MVP. I think, Stephen, I think you should put that frame where it's like you have three people just so we can see everybody's reaction when I do, in fact, uh, roll out some of these predictions. All right, MVP, Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. This guy last season okay. had 2,587 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions. That was in a span of 16 games. Guess what he's already done this year? This year, 2,146 yards passing, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's looking like Lamar Jackson with Patrick Mahomes' arm. I mean, I don't care that Russell Wilson might, might have more touchdowns. I don't care that he might, you know, have – like, yeah, he might have more touchdowns, more yards passing. But given the fact that Josh Allen has in less – like, he has inferior weapons to Russell Wilson and these numbers that he's putting up while the Bills, for the first time in, like, eternity, they're winning the AFC East. you got to give the MVP to Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Quarterback that many coming into this season thought that he was an overrated bust. So Josh Allen is proving everybody wrong, and I'm so happy. Thank goodness I picked him in fantasy. Um, moving on. on. One, one. You like that? You like that? I'm sorry. That is a good pick if, you know, um, Russell Wilson didn't exist. Buffalo Bills have a decent defense. It's not the best, but at least you look at that defense and say, yes, that is an NFL defense. Versus you look at the Seahawks outside of – um Adams and uh Bobby Wagner you think how did that high school team get on the fields so <laughs> yeah given just the atrocious defense and the fact that Russell Wilson has to play nearly perfect to win games I mean I, I said it before and I'll say it again anyone besides Russell Wilson's the MVP is just flat out wrong in my opinion but it's not that shocking of a pick if you just ignore Russell Wilson's existence because Josh Allen has played well this year, so I'll give you that. If Russell Wilson just didn't exist, it wouldn't be a terrible pick. So sorry to interrupt Isaiah, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't ignore that. But uh, yes! continue. Yes, yes. All right. So offensive player of the year, I gotta go with Devonte Adams. You know, Ryan said it. This guy is a beast. He's averaging what 125 yards per game receiving. Yes! That is just beast numbers right there. You can't ignore that. Um, defensive player of the year. Ooh, this is a tough one. Uh, I got to go with Miles Garrett. You know, the guy that, um, you know, smacked Mason Rudolph's head with that helmet last year. He's totally redeemed himself. He's changed his image. He's been a beast this season, leading the Cleveland Browns to a surprising 5-3 and three, uh, start to the season. or 5-1 and one until, you know, they lost the last two games, but still. Um, it's been a great year for the Browns. Offensive rookie of the year, I got to go with Justin Herbert. You know, a lot of guys uh, in the media said coming into this year or going into the draft that Justin Herbert was overrated, that he, out of all the quarterbacks that were available, like in the 
like the top quarterback, that he was the guy most likely to fail. And so far, he's proven everyone wrong. I mean, the guy um, right now has two. Uh, he has two thousand one hundred forty-six yards passing, seventeen touchdowns, and five intercepts. By the way, I read that. Josh, uh, I read that stat that um, I threw out for Josh Allen wrong. That was actually supposed to be for Justin Herbert. So it was a failure on my part. Uh, Josh Allen, I believe, right now has 2,587 yards passing with 19 touchdowns and five interceptions, which is uh, the same as his stats from the entire season of last year. So ignore that what I said earlier, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but Justin... <sighs> Justin Herbert has been fantastic. You know, he's come in. He showed off that rocket of an arm he's got. And he's just super poised. And he has a lot of guts. And I'm really, really impressed with what I've seen from Justin Herbert. And the Chargers have their franchise quarterback. They have a guy that they can build around uh, for the like the future success of this franchise. And I know Callen hates the Chargers. But Callen, you better watch out. The Chargers... They've got Justin Herbert. They're a few pieces away from seriously contending in the AFC. And defensive rookie of the year, got to go with Chase Young because it's a no-brainer. You know, like Chase Young, he's the guy that um, coming into this draft, everybody said he was the safest pick, and he's been ad advertised. This guy's been a beast on the field, and he's been really good. And he's, you know, helped the Washington football team. almost said Washington Redskins, but Washington football Washington team. Washington Redskins. Yeah. Uh, let's just say yeah, Washington Redskins, screw the football team name, Washington Redskins to the best uh, defensive line right now in the NFL. All right. With that being said, Ryan, let's move on to some more surprises and disappointments here. The best and worst at each NFL position midway through the season. All right. We're running low, so I won't go through every position, but I'm just going to give like uh, my highlights. And uh, if you want to see the full list, and this is a this announcement for next week. Tune in Tuesday. I will be doing a solo or maybe someone else on the MI6 Sports Network wants to join me. But on Tuesday, around 7 or 8 o'clock, I will be opening NFL card packs. I'm, gonna, I'm starting a sports card collection. I just bought a few of the better packs on Amazon. They'll be here next Monday. And uh, yeah, I just thought it'd be something something fun to do and just open them on stream just see what we can get so i'll go into the full list while i do that next tuesday but just want to give a little bit of a highlight for now so again next tuesday i'll be opening i believe i'll open about 40 of the don russ pack of 2020 don russ pack so maybe we can get a justin herbert joe burrow chase young rookie card and for lucky enough maybe it'll be a parallel more than the base level card but Tune in Tuesday if you're interested in that. But best and worst, I'm just going to give a quick overview of some of the more like surprising ones. So the uh, this is one I consider surprising. The worst quarterback this year, and this is individual players, not like team positions. The worst quarterback this year has been Dwayne Haskins. And it's not all his fault. It's circumstances around him. But just looking at the numbers, he's played just not great football. Uh, moving down the list. Best running back this year, it's it's Dalvin Cook. Steven said it best. He's played phenomenal this year. And the worst running back this year is an old Minnesota favorite. It's Adrian Peterson. He has not played well this year. I know he's played some meaningful minutes. And to be clear, this is the best and worst players in the NFL at each position. 
that that played enough snaps to qualify for pro football focus's rankings so just wanted to put that out there there's obviously running backs worse but he's the worst of the running backs that got enough snaps to qualify so just wanted to preference these rankings as that the best guard in the league has been wyatt teller of the cleveland browns absolute shocker he went from being a liability last year where i was asking the browns to uh go on free agency and get a new right guard but he has just come back and as i mentioned earlier has just been a key to the run game an absolute beast and uh you like that you like that and tune in in a couple minutes when i make a bold predict not prediction bold exclamation so let's continue uh best tackle in the league um I'm going to say the best tackle so far this year has been Trent Williams of the 49ers. Isaiah loves to complain about him, but the numbers show that he is the best tackle in all of football. And I, I know that look, Isaiah, so I'm going to bring up the numbers for uh, for uh, this position to uh, prove my points. He can't block! Oh, he... Oh my. Hold on. Hold on, Isaiah. The, the, the stats are coming. Let the man speak. Order in the court. I'll say it. The stats are coming up. All right. So, did you know that in pass blocking, according to Pro Football Focus, he ranks fourth. And you go run blocking, he ranks sixth, I believe. So, that's... So, did you know he's the only tackle to rank in the top six in both of those categories? Did you know that? Didn't. So, Ryan, yeah, he's ranked, I will tell you this. He's, Stats he's ranked are deceiving. Sixth, he's ranked sixth in run blocking and fourth in pass blocking to come out to be the le best left tackle because he does both of those things at a top six level. No other tackle in football does that, and you complain about him. I want him cut, too. But that's a different oh my story. For a different All day. right, moving on, moving on, because that's just that's just blasphemous. So moving on. Um, let's see. What's another surprise? Um, another surprise is I have Jeff Okuda as the worst cornerback. Maybe that's me being slightly emotional and just expecting more from him. But he has not played well this year. He's one of the worst cover grades this year among cornerbacks. So yeah, one of the worst cornerbacks. Uh, let's go. Uh, safeties. Uh. Jesse Bates, the third of the Bengals, is playing like the best safety in all football this year. You wouldn't have expected it seeing the Bengals' defense, but he is a bright spot and a great building piece for their future. Worst safety right. of the year has been a curse that Stevens Vikings gave my Browns, and that's Andrew Sandejo, I believe is how you pronounce his name. And I'm going to spoil it right now. Worst defensive player in all of football. Let's just wrap it up right there, Ryan. We're going to get more into the rest of the list um, uh, on next Tuesday solo show, guys. Uh, Ryan Ryan's sports card special where he will reveal his full list. Uh, maybe you'll have a graphic up for us as well to, you yes. know, fully, fully just give Isaiah a heart attack on everything and have him drinking pina coladas to calm himself down, guys. But this has been Fan Response with um, producer Wayne here, Browns 5-3, and three, Ryan. And Isaiah, Asian Skip, Bayless, Leung, um, we're signing off. But Ryan, real quickly before we sign off, how was this experience of being 
um, a host for one of the first times for you on Fan Response. I'm going to admit, I noticed plenty of spots where I didn't know how to transition. I definitely wouldn't grade myself very high. I'd probably give it a C minus, if not a D plus. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. it. And I think with a better preparation, just more practice, maybe I can get the hang of it. But as of right now, the host rankings goes uh, Callan and Steven at the top, Shri slightly below them, and then just me at, like, the bottom. So, <laughs> you know, You're too I, I, so, You're yeah, too I, humble, I Ryan. But, you know, eh. at, at this point, I don't think you would make the best or worst list for that. Um, I will go ahead and introduce the NBA draft special, guys. Be sure to tune in. Uh, next Wednesday, we will be going over the first round of the NBA draft. You won't want to miss the Timberwolves stealing LaMelo Ball from Isaiah's Warriors. And uh, more extra, extra, you know, content for you guys coming at your way, including Ryan's Card collection on Tuesday, the draft special. Uh, here's a little bit of our show schedule, guys. We come at you tomorrow with no BS at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Then it's back to the night shift over the weekends at 10 p.m. And then wild sports talk before we get into our special programming on Tuesday and Wednesday, guys. Again, Tuesday, Ryan's card special, and he'll be finishing his positional breakdown. Wednesday, NBA draft special, and then back to our regular special, guys. Uh, back to our regular schedule, that is. And thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I don't know exactly what graphic Isaiah is leaving us with. I think he's giving Ryan a B- minus for his hosting abilities. We'll leave it right there, guys. That is this very generous. Response, <laughs> and we will come back great. tomorrow for no BS.